Welcome to the No Filter Photography Podcast. I am your host, Ronnie Cook. Today, I have another amazing photographer. She does a little of everything from wedding photography to the micro photography to street to you name it. She's probably done it. Please help me welcome Austin, Texas own Jessica Martin. How are you doing? I'm good. Ready for Halloween. <laughs> right. Um, so can you tell the audience a little more about yourself? Um, sure. I was born and raised in Texas and I moved to Austin in 2016 for college at UT and have been here um, since then and restarted my business here in Austin. Awesome. So, I'm going to have to ask, I take it you're a Longhorn. Oh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say that I am um, really all into sports, but I'm definitely uh, spirited, I guess you could say. So. Awesome. I live out here in Aggieland, out in uh, Bryan College Station, but uh, I support the Longhorns. <laughs> <laughs> so... How did you get start started in doing photography? Um, I've had a lot of different sorts of starts, um, but I think that the time that most mostly stands out is I think it was my twenties. I think it was like twenty one or twenty two. Um, I saw these mushrooms that were like growing out of the side of these wooden steps in the backyard. <laughs> and, <laughs> I kept trying to like take a picture, um, but the camera that I had, it wouldn't allow me to do certain things that I was trying to do. So it was like, you know, painstakingly like an hour later <laughs> when I finally got a decent sort of image. And um, after that, it was kind of over. Like I ended up getting the D40 um, the same year within a few months. And that was my beginner camera, and then I have since moved on from that, but <laughs> that was kind of the beginning. So when you were trying to take a picture of the, the mushrooms, what kind of camera were you trying to use? Were you using, like, a point-and-shoot? Um, no, not exactly. Um, I mean, it was point-and-shoot because the lens wasn't, like, I couldn't take it off. Um, but it had a few more... Um, options for like settings and things than like I kind of think like a typical point and shoot but at least it, for the time I mean that was let's see early 2000s you know mm. um, but um, anyway yeah it was it was pretty difficult right <laughs> 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 and I couldn't get the shutter speed and the focus and stuff to work right which I didn't know that much about it when I first started. It was just that um, now looking back, you know, I was like, oh, I was trying to do this, but this wasn't working. <laughs> right. I tell you, those point and shoot cameras, I just got one from my grandmother today. And <clears throat> I was looking back at the pictures that she took. And it was memory lane. But anyway, I was going through the like the settings part. And I mean, this was probably 2014. I mean, they weren't 
they were popular, but you know, most photographers don't usually use those. But I found that you know, when you go to the settings, they have like a setting for for uh, for uh, sunsets, for snow. I mean, we don't get much snow out snow out here in Texas, but um, you know, just portrait mode. It, it, looking back at it, it's surprising how much how much like the settings they put into the settings where you can you know put it in portrait mode for portraits taking pictures of people and then landscape taking landscape pictures and just like fireworks you know just it's easy and you just have to set the mode like switch it to the mode and go from there now when you get into the uh uh camera that you're using now i mean heck you got to go through you know the iso the shutter speed the do this do that i mean i i haven't done it yet but i'm going to compare that point and shoot to the camera i use and see see which one comes out better yeah i mean i'm sure that the quality would probably be a little bit different but i think that the ease of use for someone that doesn't know what to do on a camera would probably be helpful because especially some of those little you know dial pictures and stuff kind of tell you what it's for um, mm -hmm. but otherwise i mean yeah i mean i think that's what the creative part of having a dslr is about because you have to know how to use it and otherwise your pictures might not turn out very good <laughs> right i mean heck even the the smartphones that we're getting now the iphone 14 and the samsung galaxy uh, ultra 22 or whatever it is called they take amazing i mean half the time they take i think personally they think they take better pictures than your dsl or your mirrorless uh cameras yeah i mean they're really good and it's really handy to have i think there's still things for me that i miss um i mean there's portrait mode and stuff but it's just not it's not quite the same personally like i um, will use it when I don't have my camera or you know if I don't want to take it with me because it's kind of bulky or something like that but um, for portraits and stuff I mean you can you can use your phone and you know other photographers do like there's people that just use their phone and that's their thing but I like the ability to have more range when I'm going to edit a picture too so like shooting in raw is an important factor for me yes so, uh, how did your so what what type of photography do you mostly do? Um, I started out doing you know landscapes, macros, um, inanimate objects, really things like that, and then I started having people request for me to take their picture, um, and so I started doing that more. And I lived in a small town for, um, well, most of my whole life. And when you do live in a small town, and you might know this, um, everybody wants you to do everything. Mm -hmm. So you have to be good at all of the things, you know, family photography, newborn photography, weddings, seniors. I mean, I don't know. You can go on and on, really. But um, I really got my start doing portraits from some family friends and uh, I mean it kind of forayed into all the different aspects of portrait photography um, 
So I haven't really stopped doing any particular ones. Um, I don't showcase as much of my artistic photos that I take, but I still take them. Um, so did you start, I mean, I know with the mushrooms, but did you start doing, going out and taking with your camera landscape? Yeah, I've done a lot of landscape photography and, and a lot in my hometown and some of the places around my hometown will kind of showcase my work on their websites and different things. Yeah, and, uh, and you would say that it's easier taking a landscape than a portrait because at least the landscape will, you know, be still. <laughs> yeah, it's just limited, like, different things are, you know, like the lighting is changing, so... I mean, they uh, and then you know, it depends on what you're trying to capture, I suppose. But sometimes, yeah, it's, you know, creepy when you're out by yourself too. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be careful. Yeah. So, what was the turning point from? I mean, besides, you know, you're living in a small town, and everybody wanted, you know, hey, can you take a portrait of, you know, a family from senior to, um, I don't know, wedding? What was your turn point? from going from were you i guess can you say you know getting a little bored of doing the portraits and wanted to try something new um sure so i i think sometimes i've turned the gear for that um you know like i got the lens baby i've gotten a 85 i've started with a 50 and like the zoom kit lens of course you know um so i think some of that was solved with trying different gear I think some of it was solved with um, practicing different lighting scenarios. Um, and I think also, like at this stage in my life, for me anyway, um, some of it is solved by knowing who my clients are. <laughs> knowing, <laughs> you know, who's going to enjoy this process the most and kind of hoping that what I'm putting out into the world calls to them whenever they do my work yeah uh, so going out when you're doing uh do you do still do landscape photography um i do but i don't do it as regularly so i live not far from the colorado river and i have access to it so i will go there sometimes at different points in the day or if I see that it looks like the sunset's going to look really pretty or the sunset or the sunrise or if it looks like there's fog and I remember to bring my camera with me in the morning <laughs> um, then I will you know go and do that unfortunately I have one lens that um, has bitten the dust and the last time I went out there it was a real disappointment because I saw some wildlife and I couldn't oh man it was really hard <laughs> so can you take us through your very first uh photo photography session uh you know if uh, a portrait uh senior or a wedding you know how was your very first portrait other than being the customer being you know somebody that you knew oh okay so someone that i didn't know um, <laughs> that, that doesn't help being in a small town when you know everybody. Pretty much, that is what I'm trying to remember. Um, to be honest, it was so long ago. I'm not even really sure who my first client that I didn't 
like myself fully know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that like looking back on my work from then and now, it has changed dramatically. Um, and I think some of that comes down to more practice, you know. Um, but gee, I'm not really sure who it was. I can't remember who who it could have been. <laughs> I do oh. actually know. Okay, well, how about the your first professional photo session? It, it can be probably somebody that you knew. How did that go? I mean, I think most of them have all turned out well. Um, most of the clients are always extremely happy with the results. Even then, when I look back and cringe, <laughs> what I what I thought and gave them and edited or didn't edit properly, um, but I think they were mostly successful, and that's probably you know what led me to continue on because if we're all negative, then I might have already quit by now. Right. So, what do you think has improved since you started doing photography, and what do you think still needs to be improved? Okay. So, when I first started, I would say that I did a lot of crazy angles. (laughs) Like, a lot. And I also did um, a lot of weird editing styles like different filters and things that um I think just came down to not really knowing what I was doing or trusting myself I mean this you know so long ago but I think that um I feel a lot more confident now in my editing style I try to just get true color and a lot of contrasting colors um and then as far as something that I can improve, I can always improve <laughs> on my um, uh, framing. I think that's something that I can always improve on that, like that and the rule of thirds, like basically composition. Mm-hmm. That is always something that I feel like I kind of struggle with just because when you're doing portraits sometimes, you know, it can be... You know, like you're doing the wide shot and you're coming in closer and you're doing those close-up shots. And sometimes those close-up shots, there's not as much comp- compositionally that's interesting. Um, so anyway, I am always trying to figure out different ways that I can make it more interesting, I guess. <laughs> but uh, that's always, always been kind of a struggle is like thinking about it in a different way. And that's what's fun about landscape photography too, because um, you're not thinking about people. And you're looking at things in a different way. You're not thinking about people <clears throat> where, you know, the, say a husband and wife, you know, you have to pose them. And you have to pose them a certain way to make the the, por- the portrait, the, uh, the photo come out, you know, a certain way. The landscape is it's already posed. It's there. You can't change it, really. Yeah. So I think that not being static is a little bit, you know, different. But for me, I would say like with couples, with families, anybody, I try to set up like situations or scenes that I kind of set in motion so that I can 
capture their reactions that are genuine with each other. So it's not so much posing as it is more of like, it feels like more directing. Mm-hmm. Than it is, um, you know, specific poses or anything. Although I have done that, especially before. So, so you, you know, I asked you, what do you think has proved? What do you think from, if you don't mind me asking, how long have you had your uh, your business going? Um, so I started over in 2010. Um, when I moved here in 2016, I pretty much, I, I mean, I kept doing a few jobs here and there, but I was really focused on school. And um, after I graduated, I started working um, as a marketing coordinator and lead teacher at my my kids preschool and I still did some photography on the side but um, it wasn't really very much at all and I wasn't really trying to do that for a little while and then when 2020 well you know happened (laughs) um, I kind of reevaluated some things and I restarted my business from that point so before I had had the same business since 20 Wait, wait, 2009 at least? Mm-hmm. I, I know I founded it. I was doing stuff before then, but I didn't really have a business until 2009. Um, but yeah. So from when you first started doing your business, your photography business in 2009, what do you think you've learned since you first started till now? Um, on the business side of things I think that man I mean I've learned a lot but I think some of the most important parts are knowing where to draw the line for yourself I mean you can only do so much in one day Um, maybe prioritizing you know what's most important for the business for people to be able to find you online or you know keeping your social stuff updated um, and trying to do what you can but not killing yourself to do it that's probably the most important I mean, it's hard there's a you wear so many different hats when you do your own business you know so between the marketing and I mean, just between the photography session and the editing, that takes a lot out. <laughs> yes. You have your marketing, which is, and then social media and your blog or your website and any kind of client interaction, people that are reaching out to you. That's $40 a week, you know? So being a full-time business owner and being a mom how did you learn to uh, how can I put it you know wear those different hats be able to you know okay I can do photography here and here and here and then I have to you know spend time with the family does that make sense yeah I mean I think for me, it's still somewhat of a struggle because there are things that overlap. Um, I mean, 
when you have your own kids, it's not like you put your camera down because you're taking pictures of them too, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that might be my only other struggle <laughs> is wanting to also capture our life, you know? But I think um, something that has helped me a lot is that, I mean, I've lost both of my parents. And so it's like a driving factor for me to have things for them to remember us by, but also to recognize that, you know, you can't, you can't have everything. Like, there's just no way. So, um, I will always have my camera or my phone (laughs) with me, you know, taking pictures or not like constantly, but of things that I want to remember or I think that they might want to remember. But... Um, I've also been transitioning more into video too and I feel like that uh, home movies and things like that are maybe something that I'm gonna explore more as it goes on but I've been offering that as a service and um, adding it into my photography sessions because I feel it's very important to have video as well but drawing a line is often hard. I mean, I don't know if it really gets any easier, to be honest. I try to respect my children, too. So, you know, <clears throat> if they are telling me they don't want me to take a picture, then I don't take a picture. hmm So, do you... All right, so we are... I, uh, you do do seniors, and like I said, senior portraits and weddings... Which one do you find to be the easiest to do? And which one do you find to be... Alright, so let's do it this way. So, out of 1 out of 10 being the easiest and the 1 being the hardest, which one do you think would be the easiest to do? And then which one do you think is the hardest one to do? Mm. Oh, well, seniors are, like, one of my favorite things. They light me up. So I feel like that would probably be the easiest for me. <clears throat> um, probably at a 10, if 10 is the easiest and 1 is the hardest. Um, weddings are always hard. <laughs> they are. They are just long. They're long days. And it's, um, you know, by the end of the day, you're, uh, my hand sometimes is hurting from holding my camera all day or different things, you know. So I would say that was probably, you know, that would be the hardest. The seniors probably keep you on your toes too, huh? <laughs> yeah, they're fun. I think that what I like about seniors is that um, they're always willing to try new things. They're kind of up for anything. Mm. What has been your favorite? Well, um, I mean, I don't know. I think seniors and brands, like branding sessions, like personal brands, might be my favorite. <laughs> so, can you take me through the day of, say you had a wedding to go do. Can you take me through the throughout the day of, you know, let's just say somebody's wanting to start doing photography, but, you know, they want to skip the the portraits doing the portraits practicing on portraits seniors and stuff like that and they want they want to do uh, you know weddings they want to be a, photo- a wedding photographer straight up can you take me through the day of of a photo- wedding photographer 
Um, I, I can. There is a lot that leads up to just the day of the wedding. Um, but it depends on, on the schedule. So I have a, you know, we have meetings and we set up kind of like what the day is going to be like. And it also depends on the package that they choose um, for how long I'll be there. But um, like a typical full wedding with like, you know, a few hundred guests, um, it's going to be six to eight hours most of the time is what they want. Um, and so, of course, again, depending on the location and what time you have to get up to be at that spot, it usually starts for me with the bride and her hair and makeup. And then... Um, after her hair and makeup is started and I've gotten some shots of that I work on all of the little detail shots and then I go to the groomsmen and get them and some of the details from them and then if there's a first look we do that if not then I um, focus on other details or I go into the reception area and get those kinds of shots before anybody's touched it and um, from there it's usually pretty close to the ceremony time and sometimes we will do like groups before that as well. So like it depends if they do a first look or not. Um, if they don't, then we'll do separate groups. So we'll do the groom and the groomsmen together. And then we'll do the bride and the bridesmaids. Um, sometimes they want to do that before the ceremony, which is what I suggest. Because after the ceremony with family, family photos and things, then that can take a while. Um, once the ceremony happens and... All the photos from that are done then I try to get all the family photos out of the way and um, have at least 10 to 15 minutes uh, just for the couple and then we head into the reception and then from there it's usually you know there's different events so like toasts uh, cutting the cake uh, the the tossing of the flowers, things like that, the garter toss, um, and first dances. Uh, from there, it's kind of smooth sailing and you're just getting guests dancing or just guests that are at the party. And then there's the grand exit, and that's kind of usually it. So at these weddings, are you usually the only photographer there? I mean, I've had them request to have a second shooter and, you know, then I'll get another, another photographer to join me. Um, but yeah, usually just me. Wow. I, <laughs> that is amazing. Just saying that it's, that is a lot of work for one photographer. It is. <laughs> when I first started doing some weddings, um, <clears throat> I would realize that on the way home, one of my eyes was like struggling to focus. And then I realized it was because I was closing the other eye when I was taking photos. And then I learned if I left it open, I didn't have that problem anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Man. If you're ever in that situation where you're noticing like your eyes having trouble focusing just don't close your eye when you're taking the picture just look through the viewfinder with your other eye but don't close it <laughs> right so 
with the the weddings, do you? I've I've done one wedding, and one of my favorite pictures to take was seeing the groom walk or not walking. I'm sorry. Uh, seeing the groom look at the bride while she's work walking down the aisle, like the first. I know that's kind of not the first look. Well, it kind of mm-hmm. is, kind of not. But that is one of seeing the reaction on his face and the the one time though, like I said, the one time I did the wedding, seeing the the I think the best man was her brother, and seeing their reaction was the best reaction i think have you gotten anything like that oh yeah i mean i i try to get i mean there's specific shots like that that i try to get and different um framing and stuff too so my favorite way to shoot that actual shot is to be behind the bride and focus on him like from behind her Mm, and he's looking at her but um you're just getting the back of her anyway and so uh yeah i love different shots like that and i usually cry at like almost every wedding like i can't even help it i don't know yeah it's it gets like that sometimes i i i didn't cry but i got my eyes start just started to water <laughs> yeah well i mean you're invited into these people's very personal you know Voices in their life, like weddings or you know newborns. I've done a like uh, birth session before, and I mean, man. Oh, I bet that was wild. Yeah, it was really cool, and I mean, you're just you're right there when these things are happening. You know, and I don't know. It feels like a privilege sometimes just to get to photograph these things for other people. Yes. So. What do you usually use to edit your photos? Um, Lightroom and Photoshop mainly. <laughs> so, well, like what we were talking about earlier, editing on from you know when the pictures that you take from your phone and your camera, do you use the same process as if you were? Say you know, taking a picture from your phone, and you take the same picture with your camera. Do you use the same process? Um, to edit them. Yes. Um, it depends. I mean, I do have like, I think it's like Snapseed or something on my phone that I use occasionally. But most of the stuff that I take with my phone is not the same thing that I'm taking with my camera. Excuse me, but um, yeah, I would say it's not typically the same uh, process because I don't usually edit the pictures I take on my phone. Mm. Okay. Mostly because they're not in raw format, you know. So like the the stuff I take on my camera is like way more detailed, and I can recover or do a lot more things on it than than I can with my phone pictures. Yeah. I noticed a lot of people taking their phone, like, on some groups, you know, they'll, like, I don't know if they take it with the phone or with the camera or what they take it with. They can't, obviously, they take it with the camera. 
like it's overexposed where it's bright. And they'll send it in the in the group and they're like, hey, can y'all help me? And I I, ne- I you know I noticed it before, but I would save it and then I would try to edit it. Well, and I read the comments, you know, hey, you know, you can't when you're taking pictures, don't over expose it. Is it overexposed or is it un- I guess it's un- yeah, overexposed when it's bright. Mm-hmm. And they're like, don't overexpose it. You know, always if you underexpose it when you go to edit it, it's a lot easier. I've learned that the hard way. <laughs> but <laughs> part that's probably one of the things that we learned all photographers learn the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> So what is your, living in Austin, what is your go-to places for taking, you know, landscape um, and, I guess, portraits? Yeah. Um, I mean, it continues, but I do have some places that I really enjoy. Uh, and it kind of depends, you know, on the people, too. So I'll always send out a questionnaire and have them fill out things that help give me ideas and again if it's like little kids that might change too for what the parents want or don't want but uh, typically I like some of the scenic places in Austin I just did some mini sessions that were at um, Pennybacker Bridge and then I have some more that I'm going to do um, at uh, the Long Center with the Austin skyline in the background. And um, I really like, you know, kind of iconic but scenic places. And the, um, is it, uh, yeah, Bull Creek, I think, is one of my favorites. I like really pretty spots and water. Um, I don't know, there's so many places to choose from. I just went to Redbud Isle the other day, or last, last couple weeks ago. and. I've already planned a session to do there, and I've talked some people into doing that. <laughs> so I'm really excited about that one. <laughs> well, that's always good. You go out and scout it, and then you talk to people and to you know talk them into, hey, we should do it over there. Yeah, I really like certain things like that. And then you know, I did. Um, I mean, I did a personal brand session at the end of May, and we went. We did some different things first, but. We ended up going to like uh, Takiero Mucho and doing some of her photos there because her uh, style was like real pink. She liked pink colors for her website and stuff. So that was fun too. I mean, I like different fun things to try. So how did you get into doing brands? Um, I mean, to me, they're not that different than senior sessions. I think it's just because it's the one person, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I no. done, oh, I'm um, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, I've done other brand sessions before, but a lot of them were more like family owned businesses and stuff when I was in my uh hometown. Uh, but yeah, I was in a Facebook group and someone asked if they knew anybody that did something like that, and um, I reached out to her, and so that's kind of how we connected. And but yeah, it's one of my favorite things to do. That's pretty cool. Uh, 
What is your favorite season? I mean, I know we don't really get a winner here, but <laughs> if we get snow, it's a miracle. Yeah. Oh, I bet it was pretty. What was it? A couple years ago? Well, it's snow. I lived in Caldwell. Um, and it snowed out there, and I got some pictures, but did it snow out there a couple years ago out in Austin? I mean, the great freeze of. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, was it 2021, the beginning of 2021 when that happened? I think so. Okay. I was trying to remember because I think that's when it was. Yeah, I think so. Because um, I actually got no pictures. I got no electricity that week. And mm. uh, I mean, I, t- I took pictures, but not like scenic outside nature pretty things really <laughs> but um more like insurance pictures <laughs> <laughs> no more like um this is a record of our life if we die <laughs> <laughs> no, i did i did like a series of photos my husband and i both had covid at the time mm. um, and then our little one was with us and our oldest was actually visiting her grandma so it was just, uh, I mean, they were snowed, snowed in there too, but it was just a weird, weird time. But I did make a series of photos that was like us surviving the storm with our guests, uh, fireplace <laughs> that we just got lucky to have. Right. It was so weird. We had rolling blackouts, like every, <clears throat> we'd have electricity for like 30 minutes and then it'll be out for like an hour or two. And then it'll be come on back on 45 minutes and it'll be out for like three hours. Just all week. It, it was crazy. And my wife was like, all right, let's let's start timing it. So we started timing it. And then all of a sudden she's like, all right, if I can get, if next time the lights come on, I'm going to hurry up and I'm going to make dinner. So she'd make some hot, something easy, you know, hot dogs or something. And it was pretty cool. I mean, she's pretty, she's good. And I don't know if, I don't know if I was with her or not. We, I would have probably starved and froze. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. We were eating. We had a gas stove, so we got lucky there too. And we mm. were eating, uh, you know, ramen things like that. All of our food was outside in the snow because of the fridge. <laughs> mm. So, if somebody was looking to get into photography. And looking to buy a new camera and some gear, would you recommend them to go buy a new camera and new gear or use camera and use gear? Um, it kind of depends. I mean, I usually, I usually opt for a new camera body, but like used lenses. So I guess it's kind of a. Uh, combination some lenses aren't really worth it to buy used i mean some of them just aren't that much cheaper Mm -hmm. um but yeah i usually suggest that i mean there are good camera bodies that i'm sure are out there it also just depends on how they you know how the other person treated their camera (laughs) right uh i usually just suggest like a newer camera body if possible Definitely full frame if they can afford to get it. I know those are more expensive, but um, the full frame body and, you know, if they're wanting 
certain special lenses that are usually a few grand and then yeah get those get those used <laughs> so i know there's a a camera store up there in austin uh, yeah, i can't remember yes have you ever been in there and bought any new or used gear I haven't bought any gear. Well, I bought one lens. I've got a new 50mm because my other one I've had literally since like 2009 or before. Um, <laughs> but I haven't bought any any other new gear probably in like five years or so at least. Um, I've been trying to make what I have work and not stress too much about that it's hard sometimes to go down this rabbit hole like i need this and that and this and that but in the end i feel like if you can if you can work with what you have really um it's not the end of the world but i do get a lot of prints and stuff made at precision and i've had like cameras and stuff i've taken in and had them clean before there um, but yeah i know I've seen online, I, me and my wife went up to Austin, I don't know, probably maybe two, three months ago. Anyway, uh, we went up there and I totally forgot that that camera pl- uh, place was up there. And on the way home, I was like, oh, uh, you know, we should have gone over there. But anyway, I know they uh, rent cameras. I think rent body camera uh, bodies yeah. and lenses. I want to I, I wanna go in there and I want to rent a, a camera to see if I wanted to upgrade to it. That's mm-hmm. a good way to upgrade, I believe. Yeah, and it gives you a good idea of what you're doing. I think as long as you can plan out, you know, to do something that you would want to do with it during that time so you can kind of see what to expect if you were to take it out and use it like you would normally. But yeah, it's a definitely a great way to figure out if that's going to work for you or not. And I do want to say when you said that, you know, the used camera there's nothing wrong with having used camera and using your lenses for you know 10 years the i probably said this before the camera doesn't make you if you get a you know a great camera it's not going to make you a better photographer yeah that's why i think i always struggle with my composition because really in the end it comes down to some of those key things you know Yes, you, all that stuff. <laughs> you always got to remember that I, personally, I've done that. I saw a guy on TikTok. Oh, if I got that camera, my photos will be good as his. I was starting out and I got it and I couldn't figure out how the heck to to work it. And it just I just went back to my other one. The, the camera, it will come to you. Don't think just because that, you know, photographer you're following on instagram or facebook has a two thousand dollar camera and a thousand dollar lens that you starting out if you have the money i mean that's good but if you don't don't go out and blow three thousand five thousand dollars on a camera and lens you got to start somewhere yeah and i think for me like most of the time that i've changed it's because I knew that I outgrew it. I needed what was next because I knew what it could do and I knew what I needed for it to be able to do and I couldn't do that on what I had. And so for me, it was mostly just, uh, I knew yep. that I had to. 
Exactly. You outgrew it. And, you know, you're like, you want to do certain stuff that the camera that you had right now and the camera that upgraded, you upgraded to, would the it wouldn't do. So you had to, you literally outgrew it and you needed something to better yourself, I guess you can say. Yeah. So, but, so if you weren't taking pictures, what kind of photography do you think you would be taking or do you think you would be doing photography at all? Oh, I've never put my camera down completely. I mean, I might step away for a week or two here and there, but, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I've ever stopped even when I wasn't doing like photography as a business really so I mean most of the time it would be other things like my kids always keep me <laughs> kind of in it you know so there's that that part of it but then things like macro photography or or landscapes or, or different things like that you know different artistic things that are fun um, it's always something there for me but I also really enjoy video now too and I've been practicing and learning more about that. So how what kind of micro photography do you do? Um, like, you know, anything that looks interesting close up, I guess. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I really like bugs, things like that. Um, flowers of course are fine, but um, like ladybugs. Yeah, I mean, ladybugs are okay. I, I really enjoy, like, <laughs> um, like spiders or different weird-looking things that <laughs> you might not see every day, you know. But some of the jumping spiders are fun, and they always scare the crap out of me. But <laughs> you might think that you're not as close, but, you know, they will jump at you. And <laughs> Just remember to hold your camera tight. Right? No, I got the strap around me for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, for anyone that's wanting to start doing photography or wanted to get into, you know, the portrait, seniors, wedding photography. Yeah, I guess just to practice. Start just practicing on people that you know and seeing how it could be different or you know, if you look at other photographers and see different things that they do, emulate that until you get what you want, the results that you want. And I'm not saying that it needs to be exactly like theirs, but it might give you ideas for different kinds of shoots that you could set up to do, even if it's just the location or the clothes that they're wearing or different things like that. Put your twist on it. Yeah, exactly. Put your, like, like what you said, you know, there is tons of photographers on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube. If you like what they see, or like what they see, like what you see, try it. But kind of not copy them, but put your twist on it. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, the reason that you're interested in it, you might just examine that, like, when you're looking at something that you like, ask yourself what it is that you like about it. And that way you'll know kind of what interests you and what you want to focus on and make it better for yourself. 
Exactly. Have you have you done that where you know you're looking through Instagram, Facebook, or whichever social media, and you saw something that you liked and you you didn't just copy them. You you did what they did, but you put your own little twist on it. Yeah, sure. So I mean, I'm gonna date myself a little, but back in the day. <laughs> Um, I had a Flickr account and that was kind of the space that people seemed to go to that, or at least that I knew about for photography and so um, I followed a lot of different people on there and there was a lot of different inspiration um, but yeah it kind of, it helps also because at least at the time that I was on there it would give you EXIF data so it would tell you like what kind of lens and their settings I mean I think there was a way to maybe turn it off but most people would just leave it on and you could see how they took that picture what they used to take that picture and um, so I know like when I was first starting out I was on there a lot and I was definitely interested in macro photography like insects you know bugs and different plants or flowers and things and so I would just go out in the backyard and see what I can find and try to practice on that. When you first started, when you first got your DSL um, camera, did you start in automatic, automatic, or did you play with the manuals or the manual mode? Um, I don't remember like first turning it on. I probably started in automatic, but I read the manual that came with it and that was how I taught myself how to do it um, it seemed easier that way so I read through the manual and then as I was going through each section I was kind of you know on my camera with it at that point hmm. uh, trying those different things that it was saying so man that, that manual is huge the one I got for my camera was huge I just went straight to YouTube <laughs> <laughs> yeah I've always been kind of a reader so that's been uh, something that helps me. Yeah. Well, can you uh, tell the audience where they, if they're interested in seeing more of your work, where they can see it at? Sure. I'm on all different kinds of places, but my website is thejustinmartin.com. It is always awesome to be able to talk to another photographer especially when they are a fellow Tetson I would like to leave you with this just remember it's not just photography it's a passion I know when we first start doing photography you're not sure what you want to take pictures of and it can be hard but trust the process it's kind of like a camera will guide you in this in a, in a way just like how Jessica started doing landscape photography and she was okay with it but wanted to tr- wanted to try something new and now she is one of Austin's best wedding photographers out there don't be afraid to change what you're shooting sometimes it will be the best change of your life thank you for listening to the No Filter Photography Podcast Don't forget to like and subscribe, and I will see y'all next time.